And the longer I live, the more I know that I need Jesus. I cannot live without him. I, I haven't been to hell, but I got a taste of hell. I tell you, I don't like what I taste. And this perennial is forever and forever and forever. I thought, oh, my God, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Amen. I'd rather hell on earth than hell below the earth. Because <laughs> hell on earth can be dealt with. They can't deal with it below the earth. Too late then. Is that right? Now we're going to read here verse 20. Let's read first epistle first and go to uh, John, the fifth chapter. Let's go there first. And verse 19. And we know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. That's what God said, not me. And we know that the Son of God is come. And hath given us an understanding that we might know him that is true. We are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And eternal life. Little children... Keep yourself from idols. Amen. God bless you. You may be, may be seated. Praise God. Verse 9, chapter 1, 2nd epistle of John. Whoso transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. That's plain English. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both what? The Father and the Son. Now, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive not in your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Now, John is writing to a church and a church family and talking about the Son of God. I want to talk to you tonight about Jesus, the true Jesus, the Son of God. The true Jesus, the Son of God. Now, John is very plain and not being politically correct. He's telling you why the Son of God came in our world and that he did come and left behind an understanding. Nobody in the world need to be ignorant as to why he came. Nobody in this world should be ignorant as to who the true God is. Because Jesus was on a mission to give us understanding and knowledge that we might know the true God and that we should avoid idolatry. Anything that is not of the doctrine of Christ is idolatry. I don't need to name them. I need to tell you they don't conform to this doctrine. It's idolatry. <coughs> Anybody who's involved in idolatry, you're breaking the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods. 
beside me. Now, beside me means standing beside him or in your thought pattern. And then John said, look to yourselves that you don't lose the thing that you've received so far. He's telling this lady this, be careful, lest you lose everything you've got. He said, verse 9, when a person transgresseth and abide not in the, the word abide means to live, in the doctrine of Christ, he said, what you're actually doing, you have actually denied the Father and the Son. When you don't have the doctrine of Christ, you deny the Father and the Son. And if any come to you in your house, in your house, and give you a different doctrine than this, don't let them in your house. Because they bring spirits with them. They bring other gods with them. And one thing, when another come in your house, you can't get him out. He don't mind coming in, but when he comes in, he's not going out. And if he get back in, he's going to bring seven more devils with him. He won't be content just to be alone. He's going to bring seven more of his falling imps to come with him and overthrow your house. And great will be the fall of your house. If they come unto you, any that bring not this doctrine, don't even bless them. Amen. What are you saying? Curse them. If you sympathize, make adjustment, tolerate, assimilate, and accommodate any other doctrine than the doctrine of Christ, then you become partakers of that evil deed. And you become associated with that. Now, we live in a world who is asking the question, no longer who is Jesus Christ, they're telling you who they think Jesus is. In the days of the apostles, they're asking Jesus, who is this? Where did he come from? But today we got a world everybody knows who Jesus is. Everybody got their opinion where he came from and what he's all about. Now, most religious people are not too interested in what the Bible says. They're more interested in what scholars have to say. Lexicons, the Greek language, the Hebrew language, the translators, the manuscripts, and the skeptic, the agnostics, and Gnosticism, and, and all political correctness. They're more concerned about that. And they're not concerned about what's written in the Word of God. And so they come up with their own philosophical, scientific wording about who Jesus is. And God said, if you follow that train, you will be spoiled. And you can't cook spoiled meat good. No matter how well you try, once spoiled, it's done. And forever that way. But Jesus said in John 8, 24, except you and I believe that he is who he said he is, we are going to die in our sins. Guess amen? He says, I am the only way. I am the only door. I'm the only truth. And I'm the only true God. And he said, now, doesn't matter what anybody else says. He will argue. He will not debate. Now, Christians should never debate anybody about the identity of Jesus. Amen. Now, a world has many opinions about Jesus. Hollywood have a pen about him. 
Jesus Christ superstar and the gay and lesbian world got their idea about Jesus. Amen. Every religion has Jesus somewhere. You can't, they can't, at least they can't ignore him. They had to put him somewhere. But he's not number one. <laughs> he's just an appendix to their belief system. Are you with me? And so, is there a thing called the Son of God? Now, Jesus knew when he was on earth, walking around, he was the source of much contradiction. He knew that. And people were arguing about him. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3 tells you very plainly that he was the source of much contradiction. It's no different today. In their home, husbands and wives break up marriages over Jesus Christ. At school, kids get expelled because they don't conform to the tradition of that school. Amen. Governments fall apart because they give them the pressure to uh, situation ethics and abandon godly principles and will legalize things that God said is an abomination because of Jesus. And so the world have concluded, don't mention his name. We don't mind you have your gods. We don't mind you have your religion. Just don't mention Jesus' name. Because what they're saying really is anybody who's a Christian are bigots. Because they think they're absolute it. And there is no other way beside it. And Jesus Christ won't be an appendage. He won't have some concubine on the side with him. He wants to be Lord of all or not at all. He will not be a partnership God. He'll be absolute alone. Praise God. And so in Matthew 16 and verse 13, he asked a question to the 12 disciples. Hey, whom do men say that I am? Because he knew they're talking about him. They're still talking about him in your school, in your home, in religion. People are dying over him for good reasons and bad reasons. Amen. Planes are crashing over him. And politicians are denying, etc. And so he said, whom do men say that I am? What, what are they saying about me? You know, what are they saying about me? Well, some say you're born of fornication. Some say you're Beelzebub. Some say you're a wine-bibber, a glutton. That's what some says. And some say you're one of the prophets. They're more kinder. You're one of the prophets. And some say, well, Jesus, you know, he's just Mary's boy. I know his sisters and brothers right here. I know that's Joseph's son. I know him. And they'll all minimize who Jesus is. What the Bible maximizes, they minimize. And they trivialize and try to put him on the side. But the Lord, after they told him what people were saying, and church, you need to know what you believe, not what people are saying. Then he asked the real question, but whom do you all say that I am? Now, what a question for Christ to ask 12 men. Right in the mirror, I mean, face on. Well, what do you think about me? Who, who am I? Well, they all kept quiet. Personally, I think Nathaniel should have spoken up. I think Andrew should have, because they brought each other to the Lord. And Philip should have spoken up, because they knew it before. They confessed it before. But they were all afraid to tell what they think they know. And Peter, being the kind of guy he was, says, Thou art the Christ! The son of the living God. Or you're the Messiah. The son of the living God. And Jesus stepped back and looked at him and said, Peter, I didn't tell you that. In other words, 
Nobody from my group told you this. What you've had must have been a revelation. And that's the beginning of revelations. You will never know who Jesus really is until, not a debate, not me whipping you with a gun, <laughs> knocking you over here, whiplash you with, with some whip and said, believe on Jesus. Christianity is not something we beat you to submission. Christianity call you to reason after you check the report out. And then you're going to choose which way you're going to go. Amen. And so he said, now, I didn't tell you this, but on this truth, I'm going to build my church. Now the word church is called the called out ones. The Ecclesia. From the called out from the world. I build my church on that premise Anybody that makes it in my church will have a revelation as to who I am. Otherwise, they're just attending a building. But my people are going to have an understanding who the true God is and where I stand and what I represent. Hallelujah. Now, he told the Jews, except you believe that I'm he, you're going to die in your sins. He what? That he is the Son of God. Are you with me? And Jesus suffered much contradiction of people. And people are still wondering who Jesus is. And some don't think he ever existed. Some don't think he ever died on the cross. Some don't think he had a virgin birth. And there are all these opinions out there. And then you got those, when you mention Jesus, they go to a lexicon. They go to a dictionary. They go to some Greek or Google to figure out what Google says or <laughs> or what uh, the iPod says, the iPad says. But nobody go back to the Word. To the Word of God. I'm going to tell you what Jesus Christ is not. Jesus Christ is not and never will be a Muslim. Jesus Christ is not and will never be a second person in a trinity. He will never be number two. Jesus Christ will never be just a God, small G-O-D. Jesus Christ is not and will never be known as the everlasting eternal son. It's not in the Bible. Amen. And we do not believe that it's in the Bible that Jesus was ever called God the Son. I can find the word Son of God but every God the Son. I can find the Bible. He's the first and the last. But I sure can't find number two position. So what do we know about the Son of God? You've got to understand that creation didn't start at Harvard University or some seminary. Creation started in the book of Genesis and was not written by Oscar-winning stars who wrote the Bible. There are no scholarship in any universities that can claim authorship to the Bible. It was written by Moses. God gave him the word and he wrote them down. And start in Genesis as in the beginning God. Hello? God. Now what you have to understand here, you don't find any term like, like son of God until you come later to Noah's day. But in the book of Job 38, 
we know something about creation. He said, the sons of God saw what he did. And they shouted for joy. And they, and they were worshiping him. I mean, God's never in solitude. God made things to worship him. You were created for his glory, for his honor. And they worshiped the Lord. God told Job that. They worship him. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Where did the cherubs came from to keep man and woman out of the Garden of Eden? Where did they come from? They must have been there before they sinned. They must have been there. And when Adam and Eve sinned, God put them out. Now, church, God made a promise to Eve. You've got to remember this. God told Eve, your seed will bruise the serpent's seed or his head. And the serpent will bruise your seed heel. That prophecy is the beginning of prophecies. Now, ladies, you know women don't have a seed. So it must be the man child. And the Bible says that time went on. New Testament writer gives us an insight and says, Christ is that seed. In other words, the Messiah is that seed. That means fourth, almost 4,000 years later, God is telling somebody else and in definition what the seed is. We didn't need a translator to tell us that, or a scholar, or some Hebrew or Greek to tell us. God told his people by revelation, told Paul by revelation, that seed was Christ. Now, Christ simply means Messiah. And so what happened? Here's who Jesus is all about. Psalm 132 and verse 11, it says, God speaking to David, of the fruit of thy body will I sit upon your throne. In other words, David, your family tree is going to produce a child, and that child is going to be God in human form. God is going to call that miraculous production my son. He does not pre-existed, yet it's a prophecy. Of the fruit of thy body, I will sit on your throne. God told David that when he built a little tent for God. I said, I want to build a temple. I said, no, don't do that. And then we read in Revelation 22, 16, go there. Jesus Christ made claim to that prophecy. He said, I am the root and the offspring. That's one person in two functions. Root means the progenitor, and offspring means what? Amen. What does that mean? The offshoot, the family off that situation. That word, the root is the origin, and the offspring come from the root. He said, I am the root and the offspring of David, and I'm going to sit on the throne of David. Now, we went through Bible study on Friday night about uh, Jehoiakim, how he bastardized the word of God with a penknife, 
and God predicted he would never have a son to sit upon the throne. And we see in Matthew chapter 1, there are three generations of 14s. Name 14 in the first set, 14 in the second set, and the third set, only 13 names given. And then Christ mentioned along with Joseph, amen. And so what we're trying to tell you here is, Jesus Christ made the 42nd generation. Amen. The lineup, a fulfillment of divine prophecy. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need anyone to tell you who Jesus is. Search the scripture. And find historically where Jesus is coming from, where he's at, and where he's going. We know who Jesus is. He is the root of and offspring of David. I will never call him a Muslim. I'll never call him a second person of the Trinity. I will not call him a God. I will not call him the eternal son. I will not call him an amen, a pre-existent son. I will not call him a, a, a whatever the world calls him. I'm going to call him the root and the offspring of David. That's what the Bible said he is. And in, so, in Matthew 22, 42, go there, to 46, Jesus confronted the unbelieving Israelites who are not Trinitarians. They believe in one God, monotheistic, one God. And the Shema, that's all they should believe, which is the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, verse 4, there's only one God, one Lord. Hello? The Apostle Paul believed that too. One God, one faith, one baptism, who's above all, one God, amen, in us all, through us all. Now, we read here, Jesus says, My Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou in my right hand. Now, folks, if God is omnipresent, please tell me where the right hand is. Come on, folks. Where's the right hand? For you it is. But if God is everywhere, without boundaries, then he has no literal right hand. Am I right? Because God is spirit. God is spirit, so God has no right hand. So what does it mean? Jesus asking the question, what does it mean? My Lord said to, the, to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. I'm going to tell you tonight, it can be explained with the word of God. The only answer to be given to that scripture was, Psalm 132 and verse 11. I, God, will sit upon your throne, David, in flesh. Unheard of event in Old Testament. Never happened before. But there's coming a time when Micah 5, 2 says, Out of Bethlehem, Ephrathah, shall come he whose going forth is from everlasting to everlasting. Only God alone can fit that category. Who not have beginning of days nor ending of days without mother, father, sister, brother. Hello. Seventh chapter of the book of Hebrews. Now, and so, the answer to that question that Jesus asked them, and they couldn't answer it, was Revelation 22, 16. Jesus Christ is the offspring of David. How? I just told you a while ago. Matthew chapter 1. Read the long lineage. But God, in Hebrews 
chapter 2, go there, and verse 14 says, He took not on the nature of angels. God did not. When I say God, I don't mean three persons. I mean one absolute person. One being, indivisible. Who will not share his glory or his honor with any other gods but himself. I'm talking about a God, when he wanted to make an oath, he swore by himself because there's nothing greater to swear by. I don't need Greek and Hebrew to tell me that. My Bible tells me that. And by the way, God wasn't running to Greek scholars either. Run to simple people like you and me. Now, church, Jesus Christ, who is he? Is he just a man? Is he just a son of Mary, Joseph? A philosopher, a good person, a humanitarian? What was he? Who is he? Why is he here? Who asked him to be here? Now, nowhere in the Old Testament can you find God in human flesh. Now, I'm going to say this to me, Pastor Daniel. What about the guy with Abraham? Melchizedek meeting Abraham and all that stuff. My Bible says, this time, he took not all the nature of angels, but came in the nature of Abraham that mean with a body and a soul and a spirit like we have such that he could be in all point tempted as we are that he could be qualified to become king's man redeemer not just a surrogate person but one with intimate relationship with us who was Jesus can the real Jesus please stand up Where's the real son of God? He's not a Muslim. He's not a second person in a trinity. He's not a God. Our son pre-existed everlasting son. Never always be their son. No. Nor is he the figment of our imagination. The Bible said that seed is Christ. Hallelujah. Now, how can we find out who Jesus is? John 5, 38, 39. Go there. Here's how I want you to find out tonight. We're going to search the scripture. I don't want to search Webster or Strong Lexicon. <laughs> don't tell me what some Hebrew scholar will tell you or some so-called rabbi. I want to hear what the law and the prophet of the Psalms have to say about him. Now as long as you try to define Jesus based on reading only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the epistles, you're going to end up with wrong teaching. Because you won't know who the Father is and you sure won't know who the Son is. And you won't know where to put the Holy Ghost and guess what? You're going to put him in the wrong location. Because Jesus said, Amen. In Matthew eleven twenty three twenty eight, it's hidden from the wise and the prudent, and no man know who the Son is, but the Father. 
and no one know who the Father is but the Son, and him to whom the Son will reveal him. Revelation exclude education. I'm not saying that it's a premium to be ignorant and stupid. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying man by knowledge does not know God. Man by wisdom can't find God. God has to reveal himself. If God does not manifest himself to him, all you're going to have is a guesstimation of who God is. But we want a revelation, not some guesstimation. Amen. Or some concocted, distorted scholarship of men who drive you from divine fellowship. Praise God. Now, we read the scripture, praise the Lord, in 1 Timothy 3.16. Go there. Here's some example. I'll tell you who Jesus is. Without controversy. Now, make sure you got the right Bible. 16.11. King James Version Bible. Otherwise, I feel sorry for you. You may have a perversion in your hand and don't even know it. Without controversy, without any contradiction from the Old and New Testament Scripture, because you can't use those two to fight each other. Because what was contained in the Old explained the New. Hello? What was concealed in the Old revealed in the New. And so the New is telling you what was concealed. In the old. And so we understand. Paul said without controversy. Great is the mystery. What's the mystery? It was a veil. Of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Not a God. Now if you read New Testament reading alone. You have a weird idea of what I'm talking about. But if you're coming from the historical. 4,000 years revelation of who God is. From Genesis up to Malachi. God in Old Testament is Jesus in the new. Jehovah of the old is Jesus the Christ in the new. Same God yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. God was manifest. Now manifest means shown in the flesh. It confirmed Psalm 132 verse 11. I will sit upon your throne. Hello? And Jesus says, I'm the offspring and the root of David. I mean, I'm David's God. And I'm also David's son. I'm David's God because I rule David. I'm, I'm over David. But I'm also the son of David. Oh, I'm also David's son. The mystery is gone. We know what's happening. He's talking about 1 Timothy 3.16. Now we know it wasn't called that in that reference. But what it meant. The seed gave the root. And the root gave the offspring. Is it the fruit or the seed? That's the boss. What's the boss? Who determined existence? The fruit or the seed? The seed. Is that right? And so Jesus Christ is the seed. Amen. Of himself. Now people don't understand why God, how God can do that. But when he stood beside Abraham and Sarah and said, you're going to have a child. And she said, I don't believe it. And he says, girl, I heard what you said. He says, I didn't say that. He says, yes, you did laugh at me. He says, 
I didn't. God said, you did. And they argued for about two verses, then she quit. And he quit, because she's lying to him, right? And he walked away. Didn't deal with that. Was Jesus Christ in a human flesh? Or was he in the nature of angels? Hello? Was he called Jesus Christ? I doubt it. Does it mean that name didn't exist? This same Abraham does not know the name Jehovah. Hello? Exodus 6 and verse 1 to 4. Don't know that name. The only name that Abraham knows is God Almighty. And what are you going to see about this in chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 8 and verse 11? Jesus Christ says, I am the Almighty, which was and is to come. In other words, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can't have two Almighties. So I'm not wrong by teaching that Jesus Christ is not a second person in any trinity. I'm telling you that he is the almighty first and the last. And if there's any mediator, it's him. Hello? Chapter 1 and verse 8 and 11, Jesus Christ says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, which was and is to come, the almighty in 22nd chapter of Revelation again it says in verse 13 I am the almighty so who's Jesus Christ not a Muslim not a second person some Godhead he is the almighty I'm going to call him what he called himself I'm going to use what he gave me for revelation because I don't know anything more than what he told me I'm simply going to regurgitate what he said he is Amen. So he said, he is God manifest in the flesh. For example, let's go to John 10, 30. Go there, please. And now some Bible turned this around. He says, I and my Father are one. Some Bible put, the Father and I are one. That's doctrinal perversion. In English, the first person is the what? The greater person. This is my father and I, which I would have said. He says, I and my father. And then John have the audacity to tell us, when you have the son, you have the father also. And they call us Unitarian because we deny persons of God. And that they equally share in a triumvirate government of tribunal worth. No. Jesus Christ is only telling you and me that it's written of him in the law of the prophet Isaiah 9 and verse 6 qualified Jesus and John to say when I have Jesus I have the Father also. I don't need to wait for the Father to come so I can talk to him. <laughs> I said, Jesus, I want to be a son of God. He said, I am he. So, well, Jesus, just a bit now. Can I please talk to your daddy? He said, you're looking at him. I said, Jesus, what are you doing here? He said, I was sent. I said, okay, Jesus, who sent you? 
you're looking at him. Huh? From the dead, he said, oh, uh, Jesus, I thought you were dead. Yep. You said you come back. What's happening here? Who raised you up? It says, one place, the father raised him up. The person says, the son raised himself up. Where's the truth here? Do we have a divided house? No. We have divided thinkers out there. But one revelation here. He that hath the father hath the son also. So what happened then? Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ had to be the creator coming back to die for his creation. It make a lot of sense. Because the one that made Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, I mean, he brought them into the Garden of Eden and breathed the breath of life into them. He's the same one that said, out. And it's going to be the same one that brings them back in. Hello? So who is Jesus Christ? Hebrews 1, 3. He is the express image in human flesh. Of the invisible spirit of God. God is a spirit. And a spirit does not have flesh and blood. And so Hebrews 1 3 says what? He's the express image of his person. Express mean he that's him. That's him. Now, let me surprise you here. This man in this flesh, is he a demigod? Is he a lunatic? Is he a prophet? What is he? The Bible tells us in John 1, 18, he is and was the only begotten son. Now, church, you cannot be an eternal son or a pre-existent son and a begotten son at the same time. It's not going to work. Begotten means this day. Today have I begotten thee. Today. By the way, I know who begot him. The Spirit overshadowed Mary. So whoever got Mary pregnant is the dad. And if you have a controversy to figure out who the father is, you don't think she's carrying your baby, then take a blood test and see whose blood that baby has. Daddy, your blood is in that baby. That blood comes back to you. And the one with the same blood type is the father of that child that means the blood of Jesus Christ is the blood of the Holy Ghost and I have no problem understanding when it says feed the flock of God which he purchased with his own blood Acts 20 and 28 says that church John says if they bring not this doctrine do not open your doors to them. Because then you're a compromiser and you're hiding spies. 
that don't love God. So, if Jesus is the only begotten Son, then none of us can call him a pre-existent Christ. Now, the Lord spoke to my heart. I said, Brother Neil, let me, let me, let me educate the young lad. Now, for him, I'm young because he's, he's an agent of days. Even when I'm 500 years old, I'm still young in his eyes because <laughs> he's way beyond my time. He said, let me tell you, friend, do not debate with those people. They're not preaching me. They're preaching another Jesus. And yes, their, their Jesus is a second person in their trinity of gods. And their father is not your father. And their foundation is not your foundation. Your foundation starts from the, the law the prophet and the psalms they exclude all that history of 9,000 rendering of one God and come for three gods based on one scripture Matthew 28 19 beloved Jesus Christ is not a Muslim he's not a second person in an trinity He's not a God or a demigod. He's not the everlasting pre-existent son. And even if they call you a cult, that don't make you a cult. Cursing the apples don't turn into a peer. <laughs> Hello. You can curse the weather all you want, the snow's going to come anyhow. <laughs> Amen, church? So who's this babe? In this manger, John 1, 14, the Word was made flesh. Now, church, don't get caught up in this word, Logos. You're not a Greek scholar. And by the time you learn Greek, you're too old to be saved. And God will not be interested in you anymore. You're too old. Hello. You and I, at least for me, we already got a problem with the king's English. Never mind, go learn Hebrew and Greek. Get more deadly and dangerous. <laughs> Hello? I can say some of the Greek alphabet. Alpha, beta, eta, theta. I can say some of the letters, you know. Epsilon, sigma, mu, zeta. Does that make me a Greek scholar? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Come on, folks. So, in John 1.18, he's the only begotten son. In Hebrews 1.3, he's the express image of the invisible God. Ooh, I like that. John 1.14, he's the word that was made flesh. So who's Jesus Christ? God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. But better yet, today is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus to us is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, which was and is to come, the first and the last, the Almighty. Some books say he's just mighty. No, he's almighty. 
I'm not denying anything by saying Jesus Christ is both Father and Son. I didn't make that up. Isaiah 9 6 said he was. Read it for yourself. He's called the everlasting Father. Who is that child? Who is that son? The mighty God. The Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. Now, here's a problem here, people. Philippians 2. Go there, please. And verse 6 through verse 8. Here is Jesus Christ walking in human body. He's walking in human, you know, flesh and blood. Let me tell you who was on earth in reality. Can I shock you? The answer is 1 Corinthians 15, 45. I have yet to hear any preacher recognize Jesus for what he really was. Really, that was Adam on earth. You ought to read Paul's revelation. Paul said, this man, he has begin, he began all over creation. Any man in Christ, he's the what? New creation and new creature. All things are past. Behold, all things are new. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are baptized in Jesus Christ's name, filled with the Holy Ghost, talk in tongues as the Spirit gave evidence, amen, that you got the Holy Ghost and you're living clean and holy life, you don't belong to this world. You are a stranger and a pilgrim, a sojourner, and your home is not here, and God told you to set up your affection on things above. That's where your heart's supposed to be. So what are we doing down here? We are just ambassadors. So that little house you live in is a hut. You got mansion on the other side. You guys don't even believe that. <laughs> no, I don't expect these kids to shout. They're not following me. They're playing with an iPod and iPad. Texting all around the world. Are you guys doing that? I guess they're not. Amen. You guys are not guilty. I repent of my sins. But church, a true Christian, this is not your world. This is not your home. Now, I don't even think that your home is where you live right now. No, friend. You're like, you're, you're like Abraham. You're passing through. Your house is a tent. Ooh, I lost you now. When Jesus was on earth, you know who that guy was? Adam! You know what he's doing? Creating this world all over in you. He is the last Adam or the second man. Now, it is a second God. It's a second man. The first one Amen? Messed up. And the last become the first. We have to give up the image of the earthy. Right now we've got all these pimples, these pains and problems that are bothering us. Come on, you know about it, church. Come on, man. Every day I feel it, man. It feels like hell on earth. <laughs> Pain racked your body. Rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, Arthur and us are good companions. Come on, friend. He's your good, you know your buddy, Arthur. Amen. <laughs> Amen, all these diseases and sicknesses. But read Revelation 21. 
read 22 he said no more no more you know why a new spirit will I give you and a new heart and you become a new man with a new name <laughs> and you have a new body fashioned after his body and when he return you're going to see him like he is because you are now the offspring of Jesus Christ hello praise God if any man is in Christ he's a what new creature now folks I believe eight things about Jesus that's all I need to know I don't need Greek, Hebrew, I don't need anything like that. And I'm going to give an example here, folks. Here's where the world's so confused. They go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see this mysterious character walking around. His birth was mysterious. His life was mysterious. And they don't know who he is. Well, you know, in any marriage, if there's poor communication, you're going to have problems. There's no question about it. Because one of you are going to assume things. And expectations are not going to be met. And when they're not met, you know what's going to happen? Amen. You figure it out. I won't give you a marriage counsel here. <laughs> what's going to happen? But you know, a transparency, an open door policy, make it easier to get along. How can two walk together? Except they agree. Church, the only people going to walk down the aisle with Jesus are people that took on his name. People who have his spirit. Now watch how he does it. What did he say? Receive he the Holy Ghost. How are we baptized? In the Holy Ghost. We're born of the spirit. We're born of the water. How? By water baptism, by immersion. Now, don't get mad at me. Don't start stopping yourself. Well, Pastor, he's a cult. He don't believe in the Trinity. Now, I'll give you, if I don't have it, my wife will at least, $100 cash tonight. Cash. You, if you take a few minutes and search your Bible and show me the word Trinity in the Bible. And I'll show you one God in the Bible. I'll give you a thousand dollars. I go to the bank tomorrow and beg it if I have to. And if they won't give it to me, I'll steal it to give it to you. <laughs> That's how far I go just to prove how right I am. If you can show me one place in the Bible where Jesus' position in any Godhead is second place. You cannot do it. The Bible says, in him, Colossians says, dwell all, not some, but all, all the fullness of the God. Now, I, if I said to my wife, now we all talk we make jokes because we're, we're, we're friends. I said, now, honey, give what I want and I'll give you half of the kingdom. She said, look, man, I already got half. <laughs> and how the half you have is mine. <laughs> but I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say to you right now. 
Jesus Christ will not share you with another. And he wants to know who do you think he is. Here are the eight points I want you to have tonight. Who is Jesus? I told you he's not a Muslim. He's not a second person in the Trinity. He's not a God. He's not the everlasting pre-existing Son. Hello? He's not called God the Son. Then who is Jesus Christ? Number one, 1 Timothy 3.16, is God manifest in the flesh. Number two, John 1, 18, is the only begotten son. Begotten from who? Mary. The spirit overshot Mary, bypassed the, the fallopian tube, went right to the womb, and conceived. That's not normal. Number three, Jesus Christ, who is he? He's the express image of the invisible God. And my Bible says that. Hebrews 1, 3. Number four is the last Adam. First Corinthians 15, 45. Hallelujah. Number, number five, he is the what? The Christ. I mean Messiah. Matthew 16, 16. Number six, I love this. He's the Word made flesh. John 1, 14. Number seven, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. My Lord, what more do you want? Revelation 1, 8 to 11. Revelation 22, 13. Let's stand. And last but not least, he's the everlasting Father. When I came into church, and the preacher was preaching to me. I didn't say there are three gods, four gods, five gods. Because even though I was in sin, common sense tells me I don't need three gods. Thank you, madam. Total confusion. I need one God. And by the way, nobody in this world ever cussed blank the blank father. Blank the blank Holy Ghost. That's not what they say. They always call the name of God. Blank the blank Jesus Christ. Is that right? On your job. That's what they curse. Hello. He came to give us an understanding that we might know him. That's true. Young boys, listen to me, young boys. Listen to me here. If you preach anything different, then this way you get older. I'm coming from the grave and haunt you. I'll be Vincent Price. I'm coming at you like jacular. I'm good for your juggler. <laughs> I'm going to suck every blood out of you. <laughs> Do you hear me? One God! <laughs> you got it. <laughs> One faith! <laughs> You'll never forget that. He shook up already. <laughs> One baptism. It is so simple. I don't need a Greek to figure this out. I'm sure Thomas knows this. Thomas could rattle off Acts 2.38 just like that. Amen. 
McKendrick could. Come on, church. And yet people war with us. Now, I know we got guys who go around and debate these people. You know, the Bible, the Muslims say, it is written in the Bible, that Jesus said Muhammad was coming. That is not true. Jesus never called that name. That name is not in our Bible. And even the changed Bible don't even have that name in there. Jesus says after his death, he would send the Holy Ghost. How be he, the spirit of truth, when he come, shall guide you into what? All truth. If you want to understand your Bible, friend, remember what God did to the eunuch. He sent him a what? A preacher. Now say, go to Cole's bookstore and buy this commentary. God sent him a what? Preacher. How did God help Cornelius? Sent him a preacher. How did God help Paul, who was Saul, led him to a preacher? Now is God going to save you and me through preaching of the cross and that Jesus Christ is the true God and eternal life. Now, let me show you something, folks. When Jesus is completed his work of redemption, there will be no more such thought as the Son of God. My Bible says he created the world by himself in Isaiah. And the Bible says he was in the world, and the world was made by him, not them. And I'm not going to change that. I may have failed grammar in school, but not this time. Hello. Come on, beloved. Come on, beloved. Who is your Jesus? Who is your Jesus? Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, tonight we want to clarify to these hearts and precious people the identity of the true son of God we confess there is a father the father of creation whose name happened to be Jesus Christ who said children have you any meat you said you'd write your name in our forehead and you'd be our father if we come out from among them said the Lord God Almighty that's what you said God if we come out you'd be our, our father we pray our Father, we mean Jesus. You have a name, God. And Lord Jesus Christ, if you had not come in human flesh, there would never be remission of sins. Because we can't talk it into existence. We have to bleed it into existence. And you bled that blood at Calvary Cross. And you call that for the remission of sins. God's forgiveness was inadequate. And so you brought redemption. You redeem us. You blot out writings and nail it to the cross. Oh, God. And, Lord, we couldn't stay that way because we were not truly begotten sons of God until you gave us the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the seal of our birth, that seal of redemption. We're now called by your name and see what the Spirit of promise. That's what Ephesians 1.13 says. After we believe, we were sealed, as in Acts 19. Lord, we thank you that the Son of God has come to give us an understanding that we might know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in the Son, Christ Jesus. This is the true God and eternal life. Praise God.